We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. We're talking about arguably the best fantasy option last season. And now he's back, and he's home against Watford, who have, like, 75 defenders who have never played together. They do Uh, love fullbacks. What am I missing? This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Andrew, how are you? Wonderful. Ready to get back into some club soccer here. 
Yeah, uh, we have so you know there's some news and notes to to get through as well, but we'll get to those as we sweep through our games. Uh, so let's start doing that now. I mean, they, they they keep giving us these crappy early Saturday games, and this one's no different. Manchester United <laughs> at home against Manchester City. Uh, the derby is finally here. However, there's one notable absence in Sergio Aguero. Yeah, just some small guy. I'm sure they'll figure out an easy way to replace him with next guy up on the bench, right? I yeah. feel like everybody's just assuming it's Kalechi Iheanacho and. I'm not sure there's a reason to think otherwise, other than we don't really know. We haven't seen what Pep does when, when Aguero is not available. So I think Iheanacho will be a popular fantasy option this week. And I think people need to, at least, uh, you know, in, in those people who are playing the early game or the full weekend. But I think we you need to prepare for the possibility that he may not start because uh, we've seen Nolito start up front before. We've seen Raheem Sterling do it. They're both playing very well. So... Um, and Pep kind of likes to tinker around a little bit, you know, maybe we'll see Alexander Kolarov up there. Who knows? <laughs> or John Stones. Right. Um, it, for me, for me, I, I was going to bring up Nolito as a possibility of playing that central forward. And then also I mean, the possibility of introducing Leroy Sané has to happen at some point. Yep. Yep. He's fit. I wonder if, you know, I, I doubt he gets to start right away, but, uh, he's definitely an option and it almost makes it worse because, you know, if you do roll with Ianacho and if he's not playing that that well, he could get pulled at forty five or sixty minutes anyway. So uh yeah, there's a lot a lot of moving parts when a player of Aguero's stature misses out. Yeah, and considering this game is at the, the- at the Theater of Dreams at Old Trafford, this that, that that brings another aspect into it. Jose Mourinho doesn't like to give up a lot of goals at home either. So you're kind of playing Manchester City's offense at your own risk, especially because it's not Sergio Aguero. Yeah, I mean they still have some pretty significant firepower. Um, you know, David Silva was excellent over the international break. Um, you know, they still have, like I said, Sterling's been in great form, Nolito, uh, Kevin De Bruyne. So they're not without good attacking options, but, um, I mean, they are missing arguably the best player in the Premier League. But United have, I mean, with the way that they're able to to attack, uh, I'm not sure it's going to be as easy to just say, let's just kind of lock it down because... Like, are you going to tell, like, Ibrahimovic to not go all out because you got to make sure that he gets back? <laughs> well, it's – Ibrahimovic is not the – that is a bad example. Poor example, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, but, like, Juan Mata and, and like, uh, Anthony Martial, if he starts, I'm assuming he will. Um, those are the guys that would have to get back, not Ibrahimovic. Yeah, so, fair uh, point. And I mean, in, on the on the Manchester United side, uh, Mkhitaryan still has to be introduced. So you know, you, you know, there's a lot of start at your own risk here. But I, I think the only safe options are you know De Bruyne and Pogba. I, I think those are your safest two, and possibly David Silva. Yeah, I think Pogba is kind of limited for with his upside, just because he's not a big goal scorer. But yeah, he can still rack up plenty of peripheral stats. He's not that cheap on on DraftKings. To, to just rely on peripheral stats, but um, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah, uh, he's got. A, he will chip in with goals and assists, and I mean, he if he likes to perform in the big games, this would be the one to do it. Uh, great way to introduce yourself. Also, Ibrahimovic as well. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a tendency to show up for big games, so uh, there's options here. But for me, and most people aren't going to be playing this game anyway. But right. for, especially for the city side, I think you're starting at your own risk here, I, unless you're. You know, unless you're really in dire straits, I would look for for other options in daily formats. And season long, you're going to play them no matter what. So there's really, you know, not too much to say there. Yep. But, you know, in daily formats, I would look elsewhere than City just because of the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I mean, 
Uh, presumably, Ian Acho will be pretty cheap, but again, we don't know if he's going to start or if he's going to get to go 90, and he's playing up against a Jose Mourinho defense at home. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. So let's move on here. Uh, I mean, we have Burnley at home against Hull City. This is a relegation six pointer if I've ever seen one. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> this should probably be low scoring. But uh, you know, there are some introductions to be made here. I mean, Jeff Hendrick possibly getting in for Burnley, mm-hmm. and Hull with their you know you know possibly David Marshall in goal, uh, and Will Keane I think was signed by Hull, and then there, there's I mean there's a lot there's new signings at Hull as well to possibly be introduced here. But I feel like Richard Snodgrass is still the one guy from this game to have. Uh, Robert Snodgrass? <clears throat> yeah, Richard? that's right. Yep, yep, sorry. Yeah. Robert um, Snodgrass. I'd be fine with Andre Gray, too. Uh, I don't think they're um, they're all that different. Snodgrass obviously had the huge game over the international break, but he's kind of one of those weird, very involved midfielders who has a very low floor and very high ceiling. Like, we... Guys who are on the ball that much tend to have a pretty safe floor, but he's thrown up, I think, a two and a three point uh, outing on DraftKings so far this season, and then the you know a twenty something, and then the thirty explosion um, for Scotland. So the uh, I don't know, it's, he's not the safest pick. I tend to try to go with a little safer, but presumably playing at Burnley um, should not scare anybody away from a you know, opposing attacking side, although Burnley were really good defensively in the championship last year where they played Hull. So maybe they, maybe they know something a little more about Hull than the other teams that have played them don't yet. Yeah. What I like to see from Snodgrass is especially against teams that will let them have the ball like Burnley does, he will take shots. So, and he'll get crosses too. I mean, let's say against Leicester, for example, who will still like to play counterattacking football, Um, you know, against Leicester, he had five shots and against, I think it was Malta over the international break. He had eight. So, I mean, he, he will shoot. Do you think and, Burnley are better than Malta? Yes, I do. Okay. Just checking. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're the same. I'm just saying that the, the opportunity, when the opportunity to shoot presents itself, Snodgrass doesn't hesitate. Yes. I just think, uh, you know, people who think they're getting a kind of a, a high floor, high ceiling kind of player, um, he's, he's not it. So would you rather have – I'm assuming you'd rather have um, Andre Gray to Apple Hernandez then? Yes. Would you rather have Snodgrass or Andre Gray? Um, I would probably take Gray on this slate just because I think Snodgrass isn't that cheap. Uh, and I think that there are midfielders in his range that um, that are a little safer. I tend to play a little safer than, than that, even in a GPP. Like, sure, Snodgrass can go off, but I'd rather – you know, you're going to lose – eight times out of 10, you'll win the two times fine, but I'd rather try to win five times instead of two. Yeah, that's a good idea. But for differential plays, I mean, Snodgrass isn't that expensive for his four ceiling. So yeah. that's that's kind of the way you want to go if you want to go more explosive. And if you miss, you miss. Right. That, that, that's really, depending on what, where where you're playing, uh, that, that's, what, that's the way you should play Snodgrass. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go on to uh, Burnmouth and West Brom. Two offenses that look completely lifeless. Um, Tony Pulis reportedly really fuming at West Brom, and there's the possibility that Roy Hodgson actually takes over for him uh, at some point, which is just absurd. Um, and what, everyone was getting really excited about West Brom and, and the transfers that came in, but the only person that wasn't excited is Tony Pulis. <laughs> and that, that, that gives me pause about any new signing at West Brom that's not like Brendan Galloway. I kind of agree with you. Um, we 
got really excited about Matt Phillips and he hasn't been that great. Um, Nasir Chadley's the one who's going to get all the attention now. And I don't know. I just feel like that they have players that can play in a certain system and we all think that they should play. Like we look at it like, Oh yeah, they have these high crossing uh, midfielders and, and even some pretty attacking fullbacks. They've got Rondon in the box, you know, he's a nice big body, but like they, they just don't want to have to play that, that way. And I'm not sure Roy Hodgson is the solution, but uh, it's tough to rely on attacking players from West Brom because of, of Pulis, particularly on the road. I mean, I feel like th- if there's any time where they're not playing for three points and they're playing for one, it's on the road. Yeah, and remember, this is the same team that brought in Hal Robson Kanu as well. Yep, yep. Uh, so, and I think Ricky Lambert's still hanging around too. I think, say, no, I think he's gone. Or, you know, I oh, think okay. he might be gone. Garahino <laughs> is definitely very much still there. And very much upset about it. Right. <laughs> uh, but on the Burmese side, they haven't been much better. I mean, Max Gradle hasn't done anything because he mm-hmm. hasn't been playing much. Uh, Callum Wilson, he's been playing but not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, it, they've, they've been really struggling for the Matt Ritchie position, and that's where Jack Wilshire hopefully comes in and actually makes a difference. So uh, this is this is a possibility where Jack Wilshire has the chance to actually be the player that he wanted to be at Arsenal. At Arsenal, yeah. I wonder how much leeway they'll give him um, – in terms of trying to fill the Richie hole. Cause like Richie was on a lot of free kicks and um, the, you know, he was just a lot more involved than Wilshire tended to be when he was with Arsenal. Wilshire usually uh, um, lined up as a, I don't want to call him a, a holding midfielder, but he basically lined up next to whoever they threw out there, Coquelin or um, you know, so he moved up a little bit, but he wasn't as involved. He never played the number 10 effectively. So, I assume that's kind of the role that they'll play, um, play him in now. So that'll take some adjustment period as well. Uh, I 100% agree. And it just seems like this is slated for zero, zero. <laughs> um, I mean, they, the two attacks are, are that way. Like the, we haven't seen enough, um, enough from them to think that this should be like a high scoring game. Yeah. This game lacks thrust. That's the oil. This might this might be one of those SpaceX rockets that just can't get off the ground without exploding. Right. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to a game with much more promise for goals, at least from the West Ham side. Uh, West Ham are at home against Watford at London Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a weird name with no the in front of it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> one thing for me is uh, Daryl Yonmont actually did make his debut for Watford and actually did very well. Uh, he sent in tons of crosses. I think he sent in, what was it, something like uh, 11 crosses? Yeah. Oh, sorry, that was against Sweden. But against Arsenal, he sent in three, which uh, it's... Limited time, though. He yeah, lim- in limited time, he came in as a second-half sub. But it, it was it was good to see Daryl Yaman. He took corners, I believe. I think he got the assist on the Watford goal, or it was his cross that eventually led to the goal. Um, but it's, uh, it's definitely an intriguing defensive option. Uh, West Ham tend to give up goals, too, as well as score them. So... But the attention probably has to go to Mikel Antonio, who has goals in consecutive games, um, and also possibly the uh, introduction of Simon Zaza as the Gangnam-style striker. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, did you mention Dimitri Payet? No. I did, but I didn't. I mean, I didn't, but I should. I mean, but the thing about Payet is he's going to be so expensive. Is that right? I mean, is he not worth it? I don't know. 
Not, I don't. I, I mean, not not so far. Um, I mean, he hasn't started yet, so That's I think. That's my point. Yeah. I, 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 just <clears throat> you know, I mean, the only time he put in, it was okay. I, he scored seven points in twenty three minutes against Chelsea, but yeah, he's. I mean, the the price is ir- not. I don't want to say it's irrelevant to me, but the. He's worth that price. I think a lot of people will go to Antonio thinking that they'll get as much about uh, as much from him at, as Payette, but come on. <sighs> Antonio's been scoring the goals. That, that's all I can say. Well, he's been playing. I mean, because Payette hasn't played. Like, I think we're looking at it as like a that he's like a chronically injured player who like barely plays. Like, we're talking about arguably the best fantasy option last season, and now so, he's back and he's home against Watford. Who have like seventy five defenders who have never played together? They do uh, love fullbacks. What, what am I missing here? No, I, I, it's going to be very. I just think he's going to be very you know, too expensive. I'd rather spend that money elsewhere from someone who I've seen it from this year. Okay. Okay. I have a um, funny feeling. I have a funny feeling we're we're kind of foreshadowing our DraftKings lineups later on in the show. Yeah. But what, West Ham's another. Uh, side that like needs to figure out who's going to be playing because um, theoretically Zaza should start uh, only because they have nobody else to start up front. Uh, they got rid of Ener Valencia. I think Sacco's still kind of banged up. Carroll's out. Um, I, I don't know who else they would play up there. So yeah, I mean, he'll start and, but Caleri, Jonathan Caleri. Oh yeah. Caleri. He could, he could start. I just like, are we, we're depending on a, on an Italian striker playing his first match ever in the Premier League. That's what you, that's what we want to go with. And my point, and I mean Dimitri Payet first and foremost as a midfielder, so setting that guy up is is going to be something he has to do. And you're saying that that's he's not a good option. I'm just saying that at 9400 or whatever his price is, I think it's 94. Yeah, it is. That's that's a lot for 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 a guy who I mean maybe he's not the question mark, but there are question marks around him. Correct. He is not the question mark. Yeah. All right. But on the Wat- <laughs> on the Watford side, there is no question mark about who leads that attack. It's Troy Deeney. Um, I'll put it this way. Would you rather have Zaza or Deeney? Deeney. I think you're emphasizing my point on why 9,400 is too much. I, I completely disagree. I think you're, you're using one player to try to extrapolate the best player in this game, his value, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I'm using ancillary facts to support my subpar opinion. I'm saying, like, would you downgrade Mesut Ozil if Arsenal started Theo Walcott instead of Olivier Giroud? I would discount him. I wouldn't discount him a ton, but yes, he would. He would not be. So he would not. So pay at discounted is still not worth more than everybody else. <sighs> Depends who everybody else. Who, who? If you mean everybody, everybody. It's everybody else. in his range. So it's Christian Eriksen. Um, you can count Sanchez, although I don't think he's going to play. Uh, Ozil is kind of in that range, and then the you know if you're talking with utility, Harry Kane and J- Jamie Vardy and Mahrez. Like Payet is, should be in that range. He is. I mean, he is in that range, but I think that there, I, I would actually go with other options for less money and spend the money elsewhere. That's that's really. I think there's a tier below that 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 is that that's more than okay. Okay. That's, Good, we that, we that, can that, talk about that later then. Yes, we can talk. We can talk about that later. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that we will. Okay, so let's move on. Though we have uh, a, a Middlesbrough Palace game, and 
this is these are teams trending in opposite directions. Palace looking like the team that's going to the championship, and Middlesbrough strongly look like the team that's not going back to the championship. Mm. Yeah, Middlesbrough. I think <clears throat> they were they were the team that I was most comfortable of the of the promoted sides that would stay up. Um, but I think everybody's reading a little too much into Palace's start just because. Um, Arguably, their best player is now going to start playing. Like, Benteke just got there. Uh, and so, Joanne Kabai has been really banged up. And I think now now that they have their pieces and they know who's going to play, I think this team's going to get a lot better. Yeah, by no means am I, did I say that I thought that Crystal Palace was going to go down this year. They're just playing yeah, like yeah, it. Yep. They've been playing like it. It's kind of foolish to try to predict who's going to go down now because it doesn't make any yeah, sense no. now. It's too early. But, I mean, for Crystal Palace, that midfield is still loaded, and now yeah. they have a target to aim for, which is always nice right. in the middle. Uh, and for Burrow, I mean, Negredo, as long as he continues the pace that he's been going, he's. I mean, they're going to be just fine. Yeah, that's, so, that's uh, four-man, like, Negredo, Stuani, Ramirez, and Downing is like is solid enough to keep them up for sure. As long as they stay healthy, yes. Right, right, right. And for me, I think there are goals on both sides in this one. I, agree. I, don't, totally think, agree. I don't think either defense is, is good enough. However, one defender I do want to point out is that Callum Chambers is on Burrow now and yep. is an intriguing option to me. Hmm. Very intriguing. For not for maybe not for DraftKings, but for season long formats. Very intriguing. Yeah. We'll see how long it takes to for him to start. I'm not sure he starts right away. Who would who who uh, who would you not Ayala feel Berrigan or Gibson, whoever they're playing in the middle there? You're you're proving my point. <laughs> I think you'd be pretty comfortable. Okay. <laughs> I mean, while Arsenal is really high wages on as as Burrow. Um, I'm not sure their the wages are that high. He's an Arsenal player. The wages sure. are high. Uh, it, it, let's let's be real here. Uh, <laughs> but, but speaking of but speaking of Arsenal, let's move on to their game against Southampton. This one's going to be entertaining because Southampton do play very well as a team and Arsenal, especially if Alexis Sanchez does not play, who really energized that offense. Um, it, it could be back to the to the Arsenal of week one, you know, where they just looked a little bit tired and a little bit heavy. Um, without Sanchez, do you agree that they, they just aren't as lively? Yes. Yes, they are not as lively, but I still think they're plenty good enough to beat Southampton at home. The, we should also mention, so the reason Alexis is questionable is because he got back late from international duty uh, which is quite a significant trip from south america on the flip side what was funny is that uh, in his press conference earlier today jose Mourinho was talking about antonio valencia and he was talking about how like his trip back was easy because he was able to get a direct flight to madrid and then one from madrid to london and london to manchester and that got him to training today it was like oh that's <laughs> that sounds absolutely horrible but Alexis was back last night. They have Champions League on Tuesday against PSG, which is not the easiest opening match. So that's what gives me every reason to think that Alexis will sit. The problem is that I'm not sure who goes in for him. Uh, I assume, I would like to think that Olivier Giroud is going to start, and starting Giroud and Theo Walcott together has been a bit of a mess in the past. Um, Alex Iwobi is available, so maybe he takes that spot. Um, Lucas Perez is available. Yep, yep. Uh, so he Alex Oxley Chamberlain. Yeah, I think Ox will start anyway. So, um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. We could see um, Shkodran Mustafi's um, debut as well. So he would not be good on DraftKings. No, 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 no. <laughs> but theoretically, he would be good against Shane Long and whoever else is going to try to fill the box. So Dusan Tadic could be, could be. 
There's one player uh, we know will not be thanks to you. Sofian Buffal, yes. who's out for <laughs> thanks for that, Mike. <laughs> he was out for at least a month or three weeks, something like that. It's if I gotta stop liking people. You should. You should. Uh, that's really the. You know what? I like every player on Arsenal. There we go. <laughs> You know, that's, that's not really a bad bet anyway for them to get injured anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah, they don't need that. <laughs> they don't need any help. Okay, but on the Southampton side, though, I mean, w- would you start a Tadic in this game? Um, I haven't, I didn't consider any of the Southampton guys, to be honest, right away. Um, the, like, Tadic isn't the cheapest option, and I was, I've never been a big Shane Long fan. Nathan Redmond can put up some pretty low scores, so... Um, and I don't, I don't expect much out of them now. Yeah, I mean Southampton. I mean, I think they've gotten a little bit of tough luck on the uh, on the on the draw to start the season. Um, I mean, for me, I think they've actually played a lot better than the results dictate. Uh, it's that's good. I mean, that's I mean that's the way I'm going to put it. I think they've played a lot better than their results have dictated. I'm trying to look for their week one result right now. I mean, they they kind of disappointed against Watford, but I mean, then they got Manchester United in their first home game, and then and then Sunderland. They it's just unfortunate how they gave up like the one goals against Sunderland and Watford. But I really do think they've been playing a lot better than their results dictate. That's 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 the way that I'll put it. They they are searching for some dynamism up front, uh, but. I think overall as a team, they're passing very well and they're moving very well. It's just a matter of possibly getting adjusted to Claude Puel's new system. But I really do think they've been playing very well and it's just a matter of time. It's not a matter of if, but a matter of when they start stringing some results together. not saying that starts this week against Arsenal, but I'm saying that Arsenal have their hands fuller than maybe anticipated. Okay. All right. (laughs) just saying, I like the way the Southampton are playing. Okay, moving on. Stoke are against Tottenham uh, at, at the bet 365. <laughs> just sounds terrible. Um, all right, uh, but for Tottenham here, I mean, Harry Kane, it's the usual suspects. I mean, they're, they're, but they're, they're kind of starting the season slow, and I think it's I think it's been official now. I mean, we've asked it every week so far, but Eric Lamella has supplanted Christian Eriksen, right? In, in what way? In that he scores more points. Oh, um I think it's back and forth. I think Erickson's upside can be slightly higher, but um, Lamella is always so much cheaper. So, yeah, in terms of like a salary cap situation, although in Perfect Eleven, I think I skipped Erickson for Lamella recently. So, I don't know. You think we'll see Musa Sissoko? I was just thinking about that. Actually, I don't, because I just don't. I mean, Where is he going to play? Who's who's coming out? Is Lamella coming out? I assume I, it's I, Lamella or Erickson, and I'm or, not sure. Or Deli Ali? I mean, is Deli Ali coming out? He hasn't played well at all this season. No, he hasn't. Um, yeah, I guess it could be Deli Ali. Yeah. And then when Musa Dembele comes back in what is it, three more weeks? No, no, no. He, uh, he's missing this week, and I think he's back next week or the week after it. That's right, because he missed it's time soon. last. Week. And there's an FA Cup game or a League Cup game that counts in there too. So yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, he comes back in a couple of weeks, and, he, and then when Dembele comes back too, I mean, I'm not sure who plays where at that point because you know Dembele. I mean, I'm pretty sure Dembele is what makes the Eric Dyer situation work. Um, so it's it's there's a lot of play. I mean, it's good that Pochettino has options, especially with Champions League. So it's it's good that he has options, but I'm just not sure what the consistent basis is going to be for Premier League play. Um, I, I feel like we're in the same boat. Like, I'm not sure how he thinks 
some sort of rotation will will make everybody happy. There was a, a stat I saw the other day. I wish I could remember where I found it to give the exact one, but it's something like 80% of Harry Kane's goals have come with Moussa Dembele on the field. Yeah. It, it, it's it, just it, like such a silly random coincidence. Or maybe it's not. I don't know what the what the connection is, but... Moussa Dembele allows Eric Dyer to to be a responsible defender while maintaining his own side's discipline. I mean, when Deli Alley is back there, he just wants to go forward, and he kind of leaves Dyer out to dry. Well, they have Wanyama next to him now. Yeah, well, Wanyama is... He <laughs> can't get forward. My point is he can't get forward, so retaining the ball becomes an issue. Yeah. And with Victor Wanyama, he's also... I, we, we've seen it before. I mean, he's, I think he's the leader in the clubhouse still with red cards in terms of Premier League, and he's only been there for like a year and a half. So it's Dembele's making a charge though, so let's not let's not rule that out. Although I guess his are uh, retroactive. Yeah, and Dembele just makes his suspensions count more. Six games instead of three. At <laughs> yeah, a time. gets gets his money's worth. That's right. But for I mean, for I note the two two big injury news is that uh, Danny Rose is out, which means we should probably see Ben Davies and. Uh, Hugo Lloris is back, which uh, obviously pushes Michelle Vorm back to the bench. It's uh, that's I mean that's certainly the way that you think it would go. <laughs> I would. They have Champions League next week also, but I mean I don't know who else who else would replace Rose, and I feel like if Lloris is fit, you play him. What about Wilfred Boney? What do you think about him? Tough opening matchup. At least it's at home. I was was just about to say I'm forced to play him because of because of one team of mine. He's just the only option I have. Mm -hmm. But it's not. uh, It's not. It it wouldn't be unheard of for Wilfred Boney to do well against Tottenham. Right. Yep. I wouldn't avoid him this week. Uh, We are just doing so much foreshadowing. Uh, For me, it's. It's too hard. I mean, it's too hard for me to predict how someone's going to do on their introduction game, except if it's you know Ibrahimovic who does well in every introduction yeah. game. But outside of that, it's it, it's it's hard. It's hard to project. But for me, Wilfred Boney is the safest of the new strikers in the Premier League as far as new to playing time. Mm-hmm. I think he's safer than Benteke this week for playing time. I mean, Benteke already has a start under. Like, no, no, no. My, my point, my no, my point is like effectiveness in that playing time. Hmm. Because I think that with Arnautovic and Shakiri, his service. I don't know if Shakiri's going to play. Yeah, that's that's the other issue. Uh, I mean, it, let's put it this way: if Shakiri and Arnautovic are playing, I would like Boney over Benteke. If one of them is not playing, then I would like Benteke over Boney. Okay. So you actually I, think I, the Stoke midfield is better at setting up Ben? Uh, Boney than the Palace to set up Benteke. Because Palace's midfield doesn't always want to set up. Okay. And also, I mean, Joe Allen's been really good for Stoke, too. Let's not forget that. Yes, let's not forget Joe Allen. <laughs> He's got great hair. Heaven forbid we forget Joe Allen. Look, I'm just... You, you laugh, but Joe Allen's been a very effective player. Oh, I've played Joe Allen before. I'm just... Especially, I'm just especially with Shakiri out. Yeah, I was going to say, he's better with Shakiri out. Yeah. Uh, and, and people forget how good Boney was as a goal scorer at Swansea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right uh, away, I, so, too. Like, the, like new into the Premier League, and he was excellent. So I just want to make that clear. I mean, Benteke had a, a good season for Aston Villa, and I think Boney had a better season at at Swansea. That's, Did he only play half a season, or was it one and a half? 
It was one and a half. It was? Hmm. I think it was one and a half. He's only I 27, think, too. Yeah, I, it's, I, I, just, I just want people to remember that Wilford Boney is – there's a reason why City purchased him. He was a 30-goal threat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just don't forget how good Wilford Boney is, and Stoke is a team that I think can actually set him up very nicely. All he's going to do is stand in the box and wait for you know the skilled players like Arnautovic to set him up. Yeah. Yeah. Or he may free up some space for Arnautovic too. I mean, both things are good. Do you like Boney more than Harry Kane this week? No. Okay. <laughs> no, let's not be serious. Just, I mean, hmm. Let's be serious. Yeah, be maybe for the price, but not, not not as like in a best 11. No. That's no, just no. Let's not go crazy here. Okay. You're sounding like me. That's well, just, that's, I mean, you were talking about how Tottenham haven't been playing that well. We've got Wanyama as a potential red card ready to happen. I mean, I, fine. I, I may have led you down that path, but I'm not going. I'm not going that crazy. Okay. All right, let's let's go on to a game that promises offense. Liverpool at home against Leicester. Uh, Liverpool have to get their 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 defense figured out. Oh. Nothing's working. Uh, and Leicester are not the team that you want to have a shaky defense, especially along the wings, with their new signings and also you know this guy Riyad Mahrez and is that still there too? Mm-hmm. Um, it's this is a Leicester game if I've ever seen one. Do you think it's like four three? No, I think it's something like four one, oh. four two. I think Leicester just demoralized them because oh. Liverpool are oh. going to want to. I think Liverpool are going to want to. They're going to want the ball, and they're going to turn the ball over. And especially on the wings where they are at their weakest, Leicester will exploit them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Unless there's some kind of tactical shift from Liverpool where they're going to let Leicester have the ball right. at when you know at at Anfield, I don't think that's happening. No. Uh, and if you press Leicester, they'll just put it, the ball. They'll shoot it long, and uh, Jamie Vardy will latch onto it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's pretty much. It, there's a contrast. There's a contrast in styles here that may work out very nicely for Leicester. Huh. I didn't think of it that way, but I I guess that makes sense. So who do you like Mares the most in this game? Yeah, I like Mares the most. Uh, I like Vardy a lot. If Slimani plays, I like him. Uh, I doubt he it, starts right away. I, but I, could, I, I doubt. I doubt it too. And he's priced in a way where you're probably not going to take that risk, especially because this is the late game on Saturday. Well, so, <clears throat> I was actually going to say you can take the risk because uh, you, 76, at seventy six, it's a lot. Well, the, but the all of the Liverpool guys are below that. So, like, if he doesn't start, you have to play the other side of the game. That's how I was. That's what I meant. Like, if you think he's the right call and doesn't start, you can still get Coutinho, um, Sadio Mane, Wijnaldum. You can get all those guys. So it's not like you're out. Just also just as a as a heads up for three months in advance, heads up, especially if you're in season long leagues, guys like Sadio Mane will miss a month this season (laughs) because of the African Cup of Nations. Oh, the African Cup of Nations, yeah. He will miss a month. It's it's that simple. And Wilford Boney too for that that's, for that. That's matter. way too but far that, in the future to worry about I, now. Well, I'm talking about in season long leagues. If you have those guys, if you if you don't have a lot of depth at forward, this should be the time to send them away to acquire that depth. <laughs> Dude, it's September 9th. I mean, the tournament's in like February. <laughs> it's in January. Oh, to be fair. Whenever. Uh, but I think and I think that uh, they would miss the the uh, holiday period too. But I'm just saying for season long leagues, just a heads up. Okay. All right. We have the Sunday game to get to, which is Swansea at home against Chelsea. Uh, the feel good, the feel good feelings that Chelsea, except for Michi Batshuayi, they're just 
I think it's too much of a force for Swansea at this point. Swan- Chelsea look really responsible in terms of making sure they score more goals than the other team. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what lineup they're going to put out there, but it looks like you know Conte is pushing the right buttons, especially with substitutions, which in a fantasy standpoint is fury infuriating. Yeah. But in real life, it's good to see at least as a Chelsea fan. So I mean, for me, he said that uh, Conte said that Luis is going to play center back. Yes. I'm not. I'm still not convinced. But for me, there's really only one, uh, two, two really dependable options, no matter what, in this game, and that's Diego Costa and Eden Hazard. Mm-hmm. Everyone else has question marks attached. I think Con- I mean, Golo Conte is going to start. Yeah, he'll play, but if, I'm talking about for fantasy purposes. Oh, you're not, oh okay. On, unless you're in Taga you're not, or, or EFSA, you're not really going to yeah. depend on N'Golo Conte. Yep. Um, the, I, I want this back four or whatever he's going to play to get sorted soon. Like I've had enough of looking at the same four guys from last year with David Luiz and Marcos Alonso now there. Like, let's... I hope he doesn't wait to to bring those guys in. Like, but let's see what they have because, with the way that Man City and Man United have started, uh, obviously, you know every every point's going to count. And so, like tinkering piece by piece is is not going to work. Like, if you're going to play these guys, go play them. The thing about Alonso and Luis that made them valuable on DraftKings in their other leagues, you know, in Syria and in League A, is that both of them had a tendency of taking some direct free kicks. Uh, at Chelsea, they're firmly behind Willian yep. and Hazard. Yep. Or so, yeah, Oscar takes them too sometimes. Yep. Oscar, Fabregas, if he plays. Yep. I mean, it, yep. There's a pecking order that's pretty hard to crack. For I, those I think there's no way uh, Alonso ever takes them. Luis, no, I think, could I think tr- Alonso trick somebody is, into I think it. Alonso is left-footed, so that gives him some kind of advantage because the others are all right-footed. Right, they're all right-footed, yeah. But Luis, yeah. I, I, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm just saying. You have to temper those expectations at least, and you're not. I mean, that and that limits the amount of crosses that a guy like Alonso would get, even if he starts at left back. Mm-hmm. So he he well, won't take he won't take any corners. Again, it just kind of depends on on what they play. If they play three in the back, then I think you can expect a few more corners. But if he's playing left back, like there are just not a ton of of crosses coming from Chelsea's fullbacks mm-hmm. as a back four. I'm assuming you would have no problem starting a guy like Gilfie Sigurdsson on the Swansea side. Um, I not no problem. I, w- I will put it that way. I think yeah. I think this is probably going to be a Sunday Monday slate. Um, and I think and I would probably I think Hazard would definitely be an option, and then I might stick to the to the Monday game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely good options in the Monday game, and uh, for me. The only intriguing option from Swansea would have been Sigurdsson, so there's really not much else I'd hang my hat on. So let's move on. let's move on to the Monday game, which is Sunderland at home against Everton. Uh, it's kind of isolated. It's kind of a shame, but Ross Barkley's been a nice um, a, a nice addition to any fantasy lineup so far this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yannick Balassi is now probably settled into his life at Everton. Uh, Enter Valencia has shown up, but he's probably going to be on the bench. And Romelu Lukaku now. He, there's no excuse. He's got to get some goals. Yeah, I think they'll come. He had a brace um, in a World Cup qualifier, which, you know, for goal scorers, I think you just need one or two to go in to get you going. I'm actually more interested to see what they do defensively um, because Seamus Coleman's back, and they were playing this back three for a little while. And I don't, you know, if they play the back three again and have Coleman and Baines out wide, 
that takes a spot away from either um, Morales or, um, I mean, De Lafeo hasn't really been starting anyway, but they're, they're, if you play that way, there are too many guys in the back for how many guys in the front. So, I mean, we know Lukaku is going to start. Um, Balassi, I feel like, has to start as well, but uh, they're kind of running out of, they're running out of places for people to play. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Ross Barkley will start too. But it's, yes, Barkley. Yes, but it's the defense has been better, a lot better under under um, the tutelage of yeah. Kuman. And I just, you know, it's weird how quickly they've adapted to his intense style of play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and now that they've added some pieces, maybe they could, you know, get a, you know even get pushed even harder because there's competition now in the midfield. So I think it's only good things for the midfield. I mean, Lukaku still has no competition up front, but uh, I think it's like you said. It's you know once they get a couple, they t- they tend to get going. And um, the very famous fantasy Yerma Lukaku watch, I, I think, I think he'll finally get some goals and satisfy the watch for right now. Um, so this would be the game. I think I would feel pretty comfortable spending the money on Lukaku in this slate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so, mean, it, it, there there are three very high priced forwards on this slate. I mean, you have Lukaku, uh, Costa. Oh, I'm sorry, I was counting the the Leicester one. So, theoretically, you could go, yeah, Lukaku and, Costa. and, has, and Hazard can count as a forward. Yep, yep, yep. And he's even higher priced. Yeah. So, but you can uh, save and, a ton of money with Victor and Ichibi. <laughs> and on that note, we'll move on to our daily dose. Here we have our DraftKings lineups to get through. Um, I will begin here. Uh, guess who my goalkeeper is? Hugo Lloris. Not even close. No. Oh. Tom Heaton. Oh. <laughs> It hasn't changed since week one, and I, it will not change until he has bad games. How much is he? Uh, 5000 now. He's finally moved up in the world. The the only reason why I said Hugo Lloris is because DraftKings came out with their salaries basically before the news came out that Lloris was going to return, and so Lloris is only 4000 Yes, I understand, but Lloris won't get enough saves. I mean, you're, you're, you're praying that he gets a clean sheet. Um, I mean, you get the win also. I, I assume... I believe Tottenham can get a win, and I believe Stoke can get some shots on goal. We were talking about how Boney's going to do that. And for 4000 I mean, the money you can spend elsewhere, that's a full $1,000. That's, a, that's I, like I, a tear jump. I, I understand. Uh, Tom Heaton gets so many saves. Yeah, but they're playing Hull. I, it doesn't matter. Okay. I mean, Swansea put seven, gave him seven saves. Swansea. Okay. Yeah, it's They don't have to be like, good shots they just have to be shots that would go in if he wasn't standing there <laughs> that's it he's averaged six saves a contest right and it's not like it's been like 12 to eight you know it's been seven five six okay that, that is consistency as, as consistency gets so i'll take i'll take the average of six saves and get those 12 points right off the bat and i don't think hull will score enough goals to counteract those 12 points okay anyway i think that's worth five thousand and okay. I rarely, and you know what I mean. I don't like to spend up for goalies. I just think that Tom Heaton's value is too good. And I actually saved money on defense, as you referenced before. Ben Davies is going to start because yeah. Danny Rose is out. So at thirty six hundred, yes, absolutely. If only Kyle Walker could get an injury, so that my favorite player can actually play a game or two. <laughs> in Kieran Trippier, I don't but, even think he's next in in the pecking order. Like he hasn't well, even made the eighteen this yeah. season. Well, with Yedlin no longer. On the on the roster, I think he's. I think he makes the eighteen now. No, he no, he's not. It's uh, Cameron Carter Vickers, who I believe is an American, uh, as well. I could be wrong about that, but yeah, Trippier's not even making the eighteen. Like I, send, I'm not sure why he's still why they didn't send him, send him out. Send, send him back to Burnley. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Ben Davies thirty six hundred and Brendan Galloway at West Brom at thirty four hundred. Yeah. 
I, I, I can't imagine you having better midfielders for less money. Or sorry, better defenders for less money. Um, I have the exact same defenders with Hugo Lloris, so. Okay. All right. So You're right. <laughs> I could not find better ones. That's right. We are on the same plane there. Okay. Uh, do you have three or four midfielders? Three or how many, how many midfielders do you have? Three. Okay. Um, I, I have two from Crystal Palace. Uh, I have Andros Townsend, who I think... He's like the safest, yeah. He's like the safest player in the Premier League, and I have Jason Punchin, who um, I may change if Kabai starts. Although I may not. Um, Punchin's just been really good uh, this season, and so I think both of them are are perfectly capable of putting up enough points um, at Middlesbrough. Uh, Punchin is only fifty seven hundred too, so I'll happily take that. And Townsend is at seventy six. I, I would guess that Townsend's going to be over eight thousand for the rest of the season after this week. And then I paid ninety four hundred for Dimitri Payet. Of course you did. Um, all right, I have four midfielders. Uh, one of them is in the forward spot, but uh, I'll just get the three, the, the, my two midfielders and the utility for now. But I have uh, Snodgrass <laughs> because, of course, uh, I, I want that explosive play. And I also took Townsend to counteract that explosiveness with some safer mm-hmm. play. Some and actual points. Ut- exactly. At the utility spot, uh, I took a gamble on Oxlade Chamberlain starting. At hmm. fifty seven hundred. Hmm. So you like him yeah. over punching? For now, yes, I do. Just because he's played so well at the beginning of the season for Arsenal, as, he, as he's played, so it's it's not that. I mean, I, especially in the game against <laughs> Liverpool, where he came off the bench. That, I mean, that's the one that I that always sticks in my head. But for me, I I, I do like Oxley Chamberlain in this matchup. Okay. It's somewhat again. It's a player who I knew you weren't going to take. No, and I did, and I wanted you. I wanted to give you no pivots onto him. That's if fine. He I did, if Punchin like breaks his leg today, I'm not pivoting to Alex Oxley Chamberlain. <laughs> I do love Oxley Chamberlain, but if he doesn't start, though, I did think about it. I mean, I, when when Aldum is also there at 59. Yep, I was just about to say that actually. So I mean that that, that that's the person who I was debating between is when Aldum and Oxley Chamberlain. So you didn't so, decide to go 5400 Nasir Chadley. Not even close. Okay. The thought didn't even cross my mind <laughs> brief second. The thought crossed my mind because I was like, hey, Nasir Chadley, West Brom. That was no. it. That was the entire thought. Yeah, he's there. He's a thing. It's a trick. Yeah. Well, Jack Wilshire crossed my mind a little bit oh, at 5,100. There we go. A little bit. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then again, if I had picked Jack Wilshire, you know what's going to happen. He's I break, actually... I break his leg. No, I actually think the got cursed would work the opposite way with, with Jack Wilshire specifically. Like we expect him to get hurt. And so the, I feel like you go the other way. Like what we don't expect is what happens. So if you picked him, we, we've got like a hat trick written all over it. Anyway, who else do you have? At my two forward spots, I have one midfielder. As I referenced, I have Riyad Mahrez at 9,800. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that, that is a matchup to me that is too good to pass up. And okay. I have Christian Benteke at 8,300. Mm. Uh, I have Benteke as well, and I paid seventy seven hundred, which seems really low for Olivier Giroud. Um, it is low, and I realize that he's pretty goal dependent, but I'm not paying nine thousand. Like he's he's been much higher than that um, previous previously. Excuse me. So like, um, watch, know, Lucas, low. watch Lucas Perez start up front. I don't think Perez would start over um, over Giroud. I don't think so either. It would be nuts if they started them together. I agree. But it's 
it's it's a weird situation. And, and the more I look at Oxlade Chamberlain, the more I just want to get rid of him for Wilshire now. Just because, <laughs> just to test it. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to get rid of him for Wilshire, and we'll we're going to test this theory, this crazy theory of yours. Okay. All right. So now I have officially have Jack Wilshire as my utility spot. Okay. So <laughs> this is a weird slate. And for me, there's a lot of even matchups, so it's hard to tell who's going to be like the blowout winners. I don't think there are any, to be fair. I think most games are going to be close, and it makes the picking of the slate a little more difficult, especially for defenders. So that's why I think both of us just kind of abandon the theory of you know go for the clean sheet, which we tend to do anyway. But this this week was almost impossible. Yeah, I'm. I've given up. I think on chasing clean sheets. I mean, three points. I'd much rather find a guy get you know the extra tackles than the three points but the um you were just saying weren't you saying that Leicester was going to kill Liverpool yeah but I don't think they're going to give up zero goals oh okay okay so it was a clean sheet discussion yeah. sorry yeah. clean sheet discussion yeah mm-hmm. I do think that Leicester have a def- a good a good win matchup but for goalkeepers is if you want to take Casper Schmeichel and pay up for that go ahead but I'm not going to do it yeah no me neither so it's it's an interesting slate in that regard, and and that that's the one thing I just wanted to make sure, just to stress. You know, chasing clean sheets in general is hard, but this week I think is particularly impossible. Yep, I agree. That'll make right. FM or uh, FPL much harder. All right, I will quit while I'm ahead and end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Uh, I have been Mike Gottlieb at Sports by Gotti G O T T I on the Twitter, and he has been at Rotowire. Sorry, Andrew Laird at Rotowire Andrew on the Twitter. We will catch you next week when we review game four and possibly do some more shenanigans just because I I haven't done them in a week and it's been too long. We'll talk to you then. (laughs) Good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. 